Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad to have you joining me today for part two of the signs of Christmas. We're looking at the star of Bethlehem. Well, you know, Sir Isaac Newton, he had a perfectly scaled down replica of the then known solar system. He had it built for his studies and it was a large golden ball and that represented the sun and that was right at the center. And then he had all the planets revolving around the sun uh, and they were revolving through a series of cogs and and belts and, and rods. It was an incredible machine. Well, one day while Newton was studying his model, an agnostic friend stopped by for a visit. The man was marveled at the machinery and he asked, who made this exquisite thing? Well, without looking up, Newton replied, nobody, nobody. His friend asked, That's right, said nobody. That's right, nobody. All of these balls and cogs and belts and gears, they just happened to come together. And wonder of wonders, they by chance began revolving in their set orbits with perfect timing. You know, Newton made his point that day. But the battle still rages. Why is it so hard to believe that God created all things. And not only that God created all things, that God sustains all things. Now, I think it takes more faith to believe that we arrive through a series of random acts called evolution. I think it takes more to believe that something was created from nothing uh, and to believe that all of a sudden fish began to have legs on them and all of a sudden monkeys turned into humans because we don't see that. We don't see that happening. Well, as we look at the star of Bethlehem, uh, we learned yesterday uh, that it was predicted in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers. And it was actually predicted by a prophet who was not really a born-again prophet. It was predicted by Balaam that that would happen. And if you didn't catch that part of the story in yesterday's message, you might want to get that message from yesterday so that you're up to speed. But we learned that that star of Bethlehem made its appearance after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. It was during the time of Herod. So we see that the star made an appearance during the time of Herod. So this is a star that appeared at the birth of Christ and is no longer appearing. And so these wise men, these magi, they were studying the stars. And they discovered a new star was created, and it was a star that was moving. So they followed that star, and they said that we have heard that the one who is born king of the Jews is here, and this star is leading us to him, and we have come to worship him. They made that connection with the star and the birth of Christ, and they came seeking to worship Christ. Now, you may be wondering how they had all this information, uh, but if you remember, the Israelites often found themselves in times of exile, often found themselves in places where they were out of their homeland. And as a result, they would take the scriptures with them. They would use the influence that they had to influence the culture, even when they were under captivity. It's amazing how the Jewish people are. They never seem to lose the tenacity of their faith, even when they're not in their homeland. So you think about Old Testament history, and you will recall that when the people of Israel were not faithful to God, not faithful to his covenant, God scattered them among the nations, sending them into exile. And so one of those places was Babylon, who later was conquered by the Persians, 
And the prophet Daniel lived during that time, during that 70 years of Babylonian captivity. He actually served as an advisor to both of these kingdoms. And some of the other advisors that were with Daniel were called Magi. So Daniel could have had a profound influence on the New Testament Magi that are coming to worship Christ. But whether it was Daniel who passed on these teachings, or there is another way they found out these teachings, we knew the Magi were very much interested in the stars. And since they were astrologers, they had a particularly keen interest in what the scriptures said about the stars. The second point is, we see the effect of the star. Verse number three. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem was disturbed with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Now, it's amazing that all of a sudden, King Herod becomes interested in the Messiah and where he was going to be born. Now, God gave us stars in the sky to give us light on the earth. And way back in the book of Genesis, we discover that God also gave the light on the earth, the stars, to serve as signs to mark the seasons and the days and the years. Genesis 1.14. You see, God designed the universe with order. And as the ancients studied the night sky, they observed this beauty and this order. For the most part, they found the sky was very predictable. As the great star wheel turned above the earth, each of the stars stayed in a relative same position, in the same position to each other. The moon and the planets moved independently of the stars, but they could still plot their course in the sky. And then, of course, there were also many surprises. Sometimes you see meteor showers or comets and and sudden flare-ups in the sky. Many of the ancients viewed these as signs of a message coming from heaven. And so it was with the Magi. The astrologers from the east noticed something very unusual in the sky at the time of Christ's birth. Something out of the ordinary caught their attention, and it spurred them on to make the long journey to Jerusalem. But remember, If God had not first created a universe of such order and precision, this star would not have stood out to them. So before we consider the miracle of the star, we must first consider the heavens, the beautiful order of God's handiwork in the stars of the sky. Let's look at John 1.1. John 1.1-3. In the beginning, Jesus goes back to beginning, and his in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. So Jesus goes back to creation. And He goes back to the fact that He was there at creation. You know, as Christians, there are some cardinal doctrines that we must not compromise on. because. If we compromise on these doctrinal truths, we are actually undermining or attempting to undermine the validity of Jesus Christ himself. One of those key doctrines is that Jesus is the light of the world. And as a light of the world, he goes back to the beginning, and he gives the explanation of the fact that he was there in the beginning. 
Jesus was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Jesus is claiming to be God himself. He was with God in the beginning. He was there during creation. He was there during all of the manifestation of God's amazing works. And he says, without him, nothing was made that has been made. Well, let's look at another passage in the New Testament that I think will shed a little more light on this subject. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, Paul says this, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. And so we see an example of this, God even using a bad prophet like Balaam to predict the formation of the star of Bethlehem. That's how God spoke to the forefathers in the past through prophets and in various ways. Sometimes God would speak through the priests and and through the kings, not just through the prophets. But in these last days, there's been a transition. The gift of the prophet, as the Old Testament knows it, is no longer utilized. Oh, we still have the New Testament prophet, but that's more of a person who can kind of put one and one together and get two. They can look at your life and they can figure out, based upon where you're living now, this is where you're going to end up. And so the gift of prophecy in the New Testament is much different than the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the prophet would predict the future without knowing what the future would be, and he would be given a message from God, and he would share that message with God's people. Now, if a prophet was wrong in the Old Testament, uh, he um, he was killed, right? Uh, That was one of the ways that you knew you were a legitimate prophet, is that your prophecies actually came to fruition. In these last days, however, in these New Testament times that we're living in, God has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through him he made the universe, reminding us that Jesus was involved in creation. Now Jesus is also involved in our understanding of the future. So today, I want you to know that Jesus was there. The appearance of that star had a profound effect as it announced the birth of Christ. King Herod was disturbed. All of Jerusalem was disturbed. And they came together and they began to to search and ask the teachers of the law what this all meant. Which leads me to the third point, and that is the star of Bethlehem is an announcement. Look at verse 5. We're going back to Matthew chapter 2. In Bethlehem of Judea, they replied, they searched the scriptures, and it says, for that is when the prophet was written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Wow, what an amazing announcement, predicted by the prophets of the Old Testament. That's actually Micah's prophet. First of all, consider the heavens. Have you ever gone out on a clear night and looked up into the sky? We so many times get so busy during our lives that we don't take the time to look at the beauty of the stars. But it is. It's beautiful, right? About a thousand years before Jesus was born, King David, an ancestor of Jesus himself, sat down one night under the sky and wrote these words. Psalm 8, verses 3 and 4. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, 
the son of man that you care for him. David was awestruck by the beauty and by the majesty of God's handiwork. And yet, he had no conception of the vast differences and distances and sizes in the objects that he observed. He had no understanding of how far one star was from another, and he had difficulty even figuring out the exact size. We have so much more knowledge of the universe today. So when we look out at the heavens, we should be even more awestruck than David when we consider the wonders of the universe in which we live. Now, the primary reason the birth of Jesus took place in Bethlehem was to fulfill the prophecy given by the minor prophet Micah. Micah said this, and if you want the reference, it's Micah 5.2. And you, Bethlehem Ephratah, you being the least among the thousands of Judah, out of you, he, that's Jesus, shall come forth, that is, be born, he shall come forth to me, that he is to become the ruler in Israel. Now, one of the most fascinating facts about the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem is how God used this powerful prophecy, but he used it even in the midst of a brutal Roman Empire. He coupled this with the Jews' fascination with ancestry and this prophecy given 700 years before Christ is fulfilled. And how do we know that it is fulfilled? Because of the star, the star of Bethlehem that is shining and leading the Magi to the place where the Jesus child was. So we talked about the star and its appearance. We've talked about the effect that it had. All of Jerusalem was disturbed. Herod was disturbed. And then we talked about its announcement that was made. And that announcement was given in verses 6 to 10 in Bethlehem of Judea. And so the star is matching up and leading the Magi to the exact location that Micah said that Jesus was going to be born. And then number four, the star represented the authority of Jesus himself. Let's look at verse number seven. Going back to Matthew chapter two, Herod called the Magi and secretly found out from them the exact time of the star that it had appeared. Now, it's interesting what Herod is doing. Herod wants to know exactly when that star began to shine. When did they see that star? What was the exact time that that star appeared? Now, the reason he wanted to know that is because he wanted to figure out how old this baby is. You see, even Herod believed that when that star was formulated, the star of Bethlehem, that was the birth of Jesus himself. It appeared the night of his birth. Uh, Herod believed that. And so he's trying to figure out, well, how old is this baby? Now, he's not wanting to figure that just because he's curious. He's going to figure out, well, if I don't find out who this baby is, I'm going to eliminate all male children. And I got to figure out what age to start at based upon the exact time that the star appeared. Verse number eight, Matthew chapter two. He sent them to go to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. (laughs) Well, I would put right after that verse, this phrase about Herod. Liar, liar, your pants are on fire, okay? Uh, Herod didn't want to go and worship the baby Jesus. He wanted to go and eliminate what he thought would be the guy taking over his throne. Verse number nine. After they heard the king, the wise men, the magi, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped. 
and it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. Now listen, the Magi listened to God's authority instead of Herod. Can I ask you a question? Who is the final authority in your life? Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to God and His Word, or are you going to listen to other people? Now listen, God raises up godly people, and part of their job is to help us navigate and understand God's Word, but the final authority always rests upon God. He is the final authority in our lives. And to make sure that we understand what He is communicating to us, He has given us the amazing book called the Bible. The Bible is basic information before leaving earth. All of us need to understand the key elements of the scriptures. What does the Bible do? The Bible is God's love letter to us. It was written to us to not only guide us upon our lives here on this earth, but also to teach us how to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It teaches us on how to be born again. The most important decision that you will ever make in your life is not who you're going to marry, is not what career path you're going to go down. The most important decision you're going to ever make in your life is what are you going to do with Jesus? Will you receive him as your Lord and as your Savior, or will you reject him? The Bible says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That is based upon the final authority of God's word. Jesus himself says in John 14, verse number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, if you're going to understand God's purpose in all of this, we also must consider the miracle that is taking place. It is clear from Matthew that this was no ordinary star. It was a miraculous sign sent from heaven to mark the birth of God's only son. Now, when we think about that, Jesus didn't become God when he was born in Bethlehem. He became man when he was born in Bethlehem. He always has been God. God is eternal. Nobody created God. He always has been. He always will be. Jesus says, I and my Father are one. Jesus and God are one. Jesus is God. Another key doctrine that we must not compromise on is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Jesus, who has always been God, took on the form of a man when he was born 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. Now, as I think about this star. It's miraculous in at least two ways, okay? First of all, the timing is miraculous. This star appeared at the time of the birth of Christ. We read in Matthew 2-7, Herod called the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. Why is it so important? to know when the star appeared, because Herod wanted to know how old Jesus was. He was planning on killing him. In fact, when the Magi did not return to him as planned, Herod was furious. Look at verse number 16 of Matthew chapter 2. Herod was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and in its vicinity, who were two years old and under, don't miss this phrase, in accordance with the time that he had learned from the Magi. So that that star of Bethlehem is miraculous in that its timing was impeccable. It appeared during the birth of Christ. 
Now, so many amazing things happened during the birth of Christ and the death of Christ. I don't have time to cover them all right now, but there's a second reason why that star is so miraculous. The movement of the star was miraculous. It started and it stopped and it pointed the way. Now, we know that the Magi saw the star in the east. They made the connection to Christ and they came into Jerusalem. Now, there is some question as to whether the star led the Magi all the way from their home to Jerusalem or whether it reappeared once they reached Jerusalem and then led to Bethlehem. But either way, as they traveled from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, Matthew 2 9 says, the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So was the star of Bethlehem. This is amazing when you think about it. So maybe you're asking, well, what is or what was the star of Bethlehem? Well, through the years, there have been so many good attempts to identify the star. I came up with four of the most common explanations. And I concluded that only one is, is a viable explanation, but I'll go ahead and give them four uh, because this is such an interesting topic when you think about the star of Bethlehem. And I hope that when you go out tonight, uh, if it's a clear night, that you look at those stars, that you look at those stars in a whole different way. And you realize that when God had that star of Bethlehem shining, it was truly miraculous because it was a new star that was formed during the, at the moment that Christ was born. It was a star that moved and stopped. Amazing, because stars aren't supposed to do that. And so here are the, the attempts to identify the star of Bethlehem. Some would say that this star was, um, was a comet. And the early church father, even Origen, was the first to suggest that the star uh, may have actually been a comet. Now, Halley's Comet made an appearance in 12 BC, but that is much too early for the birth of Christ. Uh, there was another comet that appeared, and that was in March or April of 5 BC, a little bit closer to the framework of the, of the birth of Christ, but that's still a little bit too early. Comets uh, were often considered omens of evil rather than bearers of good news. Uh, so it probably wasn't a shooting star or a comet. Well, some say it was a conjunction of the planets. Others have suggested the star was really just these planets coming together. Johannes Kepler, one of the uh, church fathers and, and one of the fathers of modern astronomy, pointed out that there's a conjunction of stars when they join together, they line up a certain way, that it will make a bright light. However, once again, the timing is not quite right, and it doesn't explain the movement of the star. And when you look at these um, planetarian conjunctions, they, they're very brief, and uh, they last for only moments. They don't last long enough that they could lead the wise men from the east all the way into Jerusalem. By the way, these are very common uh, for us to see these. As a matter of fact, uh, Mars and Mercury will be lining up uh, here uh, very soon, December 28th, if you're interested. Some would say that uh, the star was a supernova, and a supernova is when the uh, a star explodes, right? And uh, Kepler actually preferred this explanation himself as even more important than the, than the comet. 
but we see that uh, that that we haven't had a, a supernova that has taken place uh, during the time of Christ. Well, lastly, some say that um, this is a manifestation of God's glory, and that's where I would say Isaiah sixty one through three: Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Darkness was covering all the earth and thick thick darkness over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nation will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Isaiah 60 verses 1 through 3. So we would say that this star of Bethlehem was a star that God created as a manifestation of his glory during the birth of his son. It's amazing when you think about it. The advantage of this suggestion is that God has led his people in the past through similar fashion. I remember God led the people that were going through the wilderness, his people, by a cloud in the desert and by a pillar of fire that moved, leading his people. The star did the same thing, moving the Magi so they could go and worship Christ the King. Well, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'd love to pray for you. If I can pray for you, shoot me a text. 252-267-2365. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining me. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.